Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Sam, Vince, and Tyler. This week, I am joined. I am Sam. I'm joined by Tyler. Vince is gone. He's on the honeymoon we talked about last week, so he is out of town for a little bit. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. Good to be back. Um, I just was uh, just telling you that uh, I'm getting a little bit of a, a virus here, not not COVID related, so we, we dodged that bullet. But uh, I will try my best to not cough in the microphone because I'm sure every listener would love to hear that. Yeah, I, I really want to hear that on my noise canceling headphones, just all that gurgle coming through. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, the point of this podcast is to talk about sports. Let's talk about some Golden State Warriors basketball. That's the big headliner. Um, I'll turn it over to you. Big, 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 big game. Warriors up 3-2. Up to you now. You take over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're not to say that we're playing with house money because, I mean, you, you don't want to play the stress and pressures of a game seven, but you, you got a little bit of leniency here. But I hope they just get the job done, you know. Don't, don't even tempt fate. Let's just – Boston won two game sevens. Let's let's not give them that energy in the field to think that they could do it again. You know, um, I think Clay is going to have one of his big games. We got game six, Clay. That's what we're looking forward to. Pull, I mean, uh, Curry missed nine threes. Is that correct? I believe he missed nine threes. Yeah, he was over nine the first time he did not make a three pointer and since like twenty eighteen. Yeah, that's that's wild. Um, He's going to come out like gangbusters. I just hope he doesn't try and search for his shot instead of just letting it organically come to him. You know, uh, I think that's when he's the most lethal. I think with those two guys, your, your traditional Splash Brothers, I think uh, you might see some vintage, uh, you know, 2012, 2016 type of Warriors here going on here. So what do you think? What do you who you got going and what's what's your prediction here? Well, what I want is the Warriors to win in Boston and just end it. It's, you know, it's over. We, we're the champions. The Warriors have done it. That's what I want. And I do I do agree that I think Curry will probably have one of his better games of the series. And, however, I do believe the NBA wants game seven. More money. TV, game seven. Um, so I think we're getting seven games. Um, as much as I would like to not have that stress of a game seven and all of that, um, I think there's going to be a game seven and I think the Warriors win it in seven. Um, but I think it's just the, the Celtics are going to come out playing, uh, because they have no tomorrow, like they have to win this game. Um, I think the Warriors are going to show up, but I think, uh, NBA wants seven games and the Celtics are going to get the calls. Like we yeah, already that's know. What I'm worried about if Scott Foster's refereeing <laughs> game seven's coming. <laughs> he is the extender throughout these playoffs. Um, I don't know. I, they won't announce. Let's talk about the Scott Foster situation. Cause <laughs> I was texting you guys. Games four and five about Scott Foster, and you guys were defending I, Scott Foster. I, I will die on that hill and say that when Scott Foster does referee, he the games seem to get extended, but it's never Scott Foster's calls. It's always his crew's call. that be all the questionable ones that make you just scratch your head and be like, you got to be kidding me. Why is it always Scott Foster's team? 
or crew. But he. But I will defend like, that he's not the one making those calls that extend the series. But the Celtics are like what eleven and 0, 12 and zero, or something. When he, I think so. The 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 ref. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree with you that he's the extender. I just don't agree that he's the reason why the game I, I think it's his crew. I think it's his crew. And I think he tells his crew, you're going to take the heat because I'm not taking the heat. I'm Scott motherfucking Foster. <laughs> he's a, I'm Scott Foster. I'm undefeated mother efforts. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would do the same thing. I would do the same. If I was Scott Foster and the NBA is paying me millions of dollars to rig a game, you ain't going to have that come back on me. Have this be the Lakers and the Kings. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that sucks is like the NBA, I don't think will ever get away from them telling the the refs on calling a game a little bit more this way or that way or towards this player or that player, you know, um, Curry gets no calls. Um, you know, he gets no calls when he goes into the, goes into the paint and goes up to finish gets no calls. He's the least rewarded superstar. I think we've ever seen. Um, now, on the other side of that, are there times uh, Curry sells a little bit? Sure, absolutely. But name a player in the NBA who doesn't. You uh, know, Marcus I mean, Smart. Marcus Smart uh, is the absolute worst. <laughs> you know, he he sells calls. He's pulling on guys' arms and 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 squeezing it. You know, between his body and his arm, and acting like he's. You, you know, come, they all do it. All of them. Yeah, Draymond yeah. does it. Curry does it. Smart does it. You know, every player in the league does it to a degree. Um, So, yeah, it kind of sucks sometimes. I mean, there's times where you see flops where there's no contact and they just fall over. You know, we've seen LeBron do that. We've seen yep. LeBron where uh, Curry barely touches LeBron and LeBron flies. Like that's just <laughs> like mass Curry's mass versus LeBron's mass is not going to do that. And exactly. we've seen that in the finals between the Warriors and Cavaliers. Like we've seen that and and LeBron gets the call because it's the right call because he, you know, come on, you know, they, they all do it. So I'm not going to sit here and say, um, it's a perfect world, but Curry is a is a superstar, and when he does go to the cup to finish, he never gets those calls. No, never, hardly ever. And I I think that that's one of the there's two things I think that Steph Curry is gonna you know be also known for obviously other than his prolific offense, I think the ability to drive to the hoop or take three-pointer shots and not go to the foul line while getting absolutely tackled and manhandled. And I, and I think maybe this is more or less just a biasy of, of being a Warriors fan base, but his play style being so loose, the turnovers, I think, is what kills yeah. me too. So I think you get the greatness, but you got to live with some of the, uh, the head-scratching moments that are like, I can't believe he can't get a call. And why is he throwing that ball that way? That makes no sense. But that being said, the previous game, we, we talked about how the Warriors, you know, end up winning that game out of it. If I told you that 
Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole were going to combine for eight three-pointers, and that was the only three-pointers going to be made the whole entire game, would you have pegged the Warriors to win that game? Also, by the way, Boston shot 24 free throws, and I think Golden State shot 12. Probably not. I mean, that's – Andrew Wiggins stepped up in the biggest way possible. Um, you know, 43 – I'm sorry, 43 minutes. 26 points in 43 minutes, 12 of 23 – didn't make a single three-pointer and just had one of the greatest NBA finals games I've ever seen outside of maybe, you know, Steph Curry's in game four with his 43 points. So um, is Wiggins making that case to take Steph Curry's MVP trophy away from him? No, I, I think if the Warriors win, it's, it's definitely going to Curry because even on his you know, in game five, he didn't have, he had his worst three-point, shooting uh in a playoff game uh in his i think career um you know he didn't have a, a very good offensive game however i and here's another overused nba the gravity of steph curry right like it's that it's like that cliche is so abused but it's true you know cliches are cliches because they're true um it you know so even though he's having his worst shooting night you're not going to just let him stand out there wide open. You know, you're, you're gonna, you're going to have to put a man or you're, he's going to create that, that double, you know, that double team. He's going to draw coverage. He's going to, he's constantly moving. So, I mean, how many miles is he running in a game? I remember seeing some stat where he runs like seven miles a game or some crazy crap, you know, um, because he's constantly moving around. And he's constantly the the defensive is constantly having to rotate or switch, um, and it wears you out, you know. And it allowed Wiggins to get to the cup. It allows Looney to put those tip backs. It allows, you know. I get what the Celtics are playing great defense. Mm-hmm. They're playing great defense. They're and it's what they've been saying. Like we feel like you know we're executing our defensive game plan. It's just some of the role players on the Warriors are making it happen. They're hitting well, think, open shots. They're getting I, to the cup. They're playing I think good fatigue defense too. is there, but fatigue is there too. I mean, what Jalen Brown and uh, um, they both Jason Tatum. Uh, Jason Tatum, but what they played forty something minutes. So there's a stat that came out, and Jason Tatum has now, um, where's it at? The game two, game or two left. He's already logged the 30th most playoff minutes of all time. Okay. So there's a chart here, and it doesn't really break down what his numbers are, but I'm going to estimate here. Tatum has about 900 minutes, while Brown has about 800 minutes. Now, for perspective, Draymond, Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins are all, and Desi Clay Thompson are all under uh, 750 minutes of playoff time. Mm-hmm. so yeah there's a lot of fatigue and you could tell because they missed so many free throws as the game progressed and went on um but i agree with you that that there are others right as jack would like to call them they're not stepping up when when tatum and brown needs to and now it's getting to the point where i don't think you know they trust anyone else to be out there except for brown and tatum and i think that's ultimately going to be their downfall the other thing too is the fatigue is the last two games, uh, four and five, um, when the Warriors beat them in Boston and obviously uh, back home here, is 
the Celtic offense is not, they're not moving. They're not, not moving. All. They're all not just all. hanging out. Yep. They're all hanging out and they're not And that. The Warriors are the second best defensive team. Yeah, Celtics are number one, but, you know, <laughs> number two is number two. You know, they're the second best. And for a long time, the Warriors, the first half of the season, they were the number one defensive team for, for a long time of the season. They were the best defensive uh, team. And some guys got hurt. Some got, you know, Draymond was out of the lineup for a, for a while in the second half and came back towards the very, very end. And then he had, he came back and then there was like the back spasm and then he was out again. And, yeah, you know, so there was a lot of stuff that caused the Warriors to slip, but they were still the second best defense in the league. And yeah, you have, you have to correct me if, if I'm wrong here, but if I'm not mistaken, I think the Warriors are a better defensive team than Boston statistically wise, but Boston was the best defensive team in the East and the Mavericks were the best defensive team in the West with, the Warriors being second to them. And it was like a one, a one B type of situation, but, but yeah, to your point. Yeah. I mean, you could be right. Um, you know, right now, I, I guess, you know, the, what these national sports broadcasters on the, you know, all oh, the number one defensive team, Boston Celtics, you know, so I guess I'm just repeating their, their garbage, um, <laughs> you know, is that they were they're considered one of the best defending uh, defensive teams. They got the defensive player of the year who's he's fantastic. I mean, you know, yeah, I, would, I mean he's I would, he's the point guard of love? Draymond. Yeah. Yeah, how do you not I mean he's amazing. And then when he yeah. crushed his ankle and was gone for a couple of minutes and came back like he's a baller. I mean, yeah. I I don't dislike Marcus Smart because I get what he's doing. He's doing the same thing that Draymond does. He mm-hmm. guards a bunch of different players. He guards people that are bigger than him on the perimeter. I mean, he's, I don't think he's necessarily doing a bad job on Curry. I mean, they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink. They're not playing the, what was it? The, the janky defense that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, the boy that he had, uh, Curry had to deal with a couple years ago. I mean, they're playing, they're playing, you know, grown man defense. And they're like last game, he didn't get his shots off. Like he, like we were hoping to see, um, but something is going on where they're, they're, I think they're getting fatigued and with, with Curry moving around so much. And then you got Jordan Poole moving around so much, and then you got to keep up with Wiggins. And, you know, I know clay isn't the same clay that we remember from yesteryear, but Clay is dribbling the ball. He's, you know, he's able to get to the, to the basket as well. And maybe he's not as efficient as what we would like or what we remember. Um, But that still expels a lot of energy when you're chasing that and you're moving around and Kavon Looney playing, you know, 20 feet above the rim. I mean, he's, he's shout out to both their bigs. I mean, even Celtics big is playing on one leg and he is amazing. Uh, Robert Williams has just blown me away this playoff series. I he was I knew nothing about him until I want to say the Milwaukee series. So um, absolutely, I mean they're it's both a, playing above the rim. And I I heard an interview with um with Steve Kerr and they were asking him you know these next games and this and that and he was like kind of you know and I I agree with him. He was like as far as like talent level, yeah you know Curry's a mega star. You know he's a superstar. He's a Hall of Famer. Draymond Clay, 
but you know what the Celtics have on their roster. It's like, they're not clowns. I mean, these guys are entering their prime and he was, you know, talent level. They're probably equally matched as far as just pure talent, just talent. And what it, and what he was saying was it's probably, it's going to come down who can execute more, who's going to turn the ball over less and who's going to execute, who's going to execute on defense, who's going to mm-hmm. execute on offense and who's going to make more of the right plays than the wrong plays. And I know that's how that's, you know, breaking news. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a make or miss league. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but I really, I really think that resonates well. And I, 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 you know, the Celtics in the last game, they, they, they clawed their way back and then there was a turnovers, you know, they have a stat 16 plus turnovers a game. They're like three and 15 or, you know, I forget, but they're drastic. They, they don't win. They yeah. don't win many games when they turn the ball over, you know, and, you know, we, we've seen the Warriors turn the ball over at crazy high rates, but still be in the game and sometimes pull these games out when they're right. just throwing the ball all over the place. And then out of nowhere, the third quarter comes and the fourth quarter comes. And then Curry all of a sudden is draining threes. And then Clay shoots a couple. Then, oh, crap, you got Jordan Poole shooting a couple off the bench. And then, oh, God, there's Otto Porter Jr. dropping a three. You know, like – they got shooters all over and they're so deep. And I, again, we've said this before is the odds to keep the warriors down is, is real. The percentages are really hard. Yeah. Maybe you held Curry to this for game five, but are you going to be able to hold them to that for game six and game seven? Because maybe, but do you think you're going to be able to contain Jordan Poole for three games? Do you think you're going to be able to con- contain Clay for two games, three games? Are you going to be able to contain whoever on the mm-hmm. Warriors for that long? Because they don't really slump. They don't really have guys that go into a slump at the same time. Maybe Curry does, but then all of a sudden Jordan Poole is, is dropping 30. All of a yep. sudden Wiggins is dropping 30. So the opportunity to get guys in the thirties and then a whole bunch of role players in the twenties for the Warriors offense, you haven't really seen the Warriors not being able to move the ball. There's been some poor execution. There's been some turnover problems and the Celtics have played really good defense because they're a really good team. Like they've yeah. gone into the passing lanes. They've, they've guarded really well. But it's not the Warriors offense hasn't become stagnant to where they're like the Celtics, where they're not moving. The Celtics aren't moving. And they're saying that in their own interviews. Well, we just got to keep moving. What are you doing standing there? Yeah, so so the problem is that for four games of this series, Boston has been running a, a drop coverage, right? And so basically what that means is that Curry's trying to get, you know, the power forward or the or in most cases the center and Robert Williams. Uh, to be the defender against him, right? So what happens is that Robert Williams, we'll use him as an example, is behind the three-point line behind, let's say, I don't know, Marcus Smart, who's probably guarding Curry at the time. So 
what's going on with this drop coverage is that Robert Williams is now back. And so it eliminates Curry's ability to pass the ball to Draymond, who always seems to find himself into the key. And then he makes decisions from there, from cutters or three-pointers, whatever, right? So that motion offense that the Warriors have had for four games has been super stagnant. What happened in game four was that Steph Curry abused the drop coverage and just started shooting threes and started making them. So come game five, the Boston Celtics decide to not do the drop coverage and they do a hedge and press coverage. So that means Robert Williams is now moving up to try and press Steph Curry to get the ball out of his hands. But now what you just done is now let him pass it to Draymond, who can now facilitate the floor, which is why you saw, you know, Wiggins go for 26, Clay Thompson go for 21. I mean, even Gary Payton had 15 points. So um, I think Boston's in trouble because they just switched up their whole defensive plan in the fifth game of the series and it backfired. And I think that they don't know what they're going to do come game six. Obviously you're going to have the fan base behind you, but what do you do? Do you stick with the drop coverage and hope that Curry doesn't beat you? I think that's your best option. Honestly, I think that's your only option. Cause if you try right. to press, he's going to, they're going to torch him. Right. It, it's going to be over in Boston. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a game. I mean, it's, <laughs> this is what I can't wait sports for it. We can't wait. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do. I obviously I want the Warriors to win. I'm a Warriors fan. I, however, I think Celtics are going to win because I just think the NBA wants seven games and I would not be surprised if there's some controversy in this game with a call with foul trouble with, ejections and technicals i just something's going down in game six and i i just hope for you know like draymond sometimes falls into that bait you know and yeah he's been pretty quiet he was quiet the last game you know um but i definitely i definitely see the celtics winning this game um just because like i said the NBA won seven games, and then I'll, I'm going to take the Warriors in the seventh game because they're they don't really lose at home. Um, the another my uh, another overused the, ch- the cliche the championship DNA <laughs> probably like my least favorite of the sayings. Um, but I do think like what Steve Kerr said is, you know, execution. And I think in game seven, the Warriors are going to be execute, being be able to execute at home with the energy of the crowd. And in a game seven atmosphere, I respect the Celtics that they've been here before, been there, done that. Um, but so have the Warriors. And I think um, come game seven, Steph, Clay, Draymond, they understand that certain legacies are on the line because if they lose this game, the talk is only going to get louder that Curry is not this Curry is not that. Right. So they know. And then on side of the, on the other side of that too is Wiggins wants to win a championship because I think he's sick and tired of hearing about his failure as the number one pick. So he has something to play for. And a lot of these guys that are deeper on the bench, you know, Iguodala, he wants another chip. You know, Otto Porter Jr. has been in the league for some time now. He wants something, you know, Gary Payton, the second, you know, 
this is he's bounced around the league, and if he gets a chip, that means he's probably going to get on a roster somewhere. So if this is there's a lot of hungry dudes. Juan Toscano Anderson, who yeah, he he's not getting any minutes, but he has an opportunity to be a champion, mm-hmm. and that could go a long way financially for him. So right now he's he's there being a good teammate, being a good cheerleader, all these things. So, and I know the the you know Al Horford's been in the league forever and a day, and he wants a chip. There's a lot of motivation on both sides. I get that, but the Warriors have been here before. And I think it's going to come down to execution, just like Steve Kerr said, and the and the Warriors are just going to be slightly better. I wouldn't be surprised if the Boston Celtics came back next year and won it all, or maybe two sure. years from now, won it all, because they are really good, really good. I mean, we know about their former head coach moving up into the front office, and their current coach is a hell of a coach. And I would not be surprised if, if they are – the franchise on the rise uh, to be dealt with coming down to the East. I mean, they look good. Yeah, no, definitely. Fun little fact though, uh, their coach and I, I got to chop up his name. That's why I didn't e- say it. <laughs> e- 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 I don't know. Anyways, his last year in the league uh, was Steph Curry's first year in the league and they played against each other. He played for Sacramento. So it's just funny how things are now going full, full circle or Steph Curry's is just an old man now at this point. So who um, you got? So your prediction? You got my prediction. What's your prediction for? Uh, I'm definitely six? going. I'm definitely going with the Warriors, and I think it's going to be a nail biter. I don't want to do a final score just because it. That's every fine. time I predicted I it, it's scores. Yeah, it's it's never come close. So I'm going to go with Warriors close it out, and they realize the urgency of not wanting to have to play a game seven. I picked the Celtics because the NBA. And I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I hope you're right. I hope I eat this crow. It's going to be really delicious on Thursday night. And I'm barbecuing crow, just so everybody knows. Um, it's, it's a delicacy. It's a delicacy in my household. Um, so we're we going to move on to baseball? Yeah, we'll, we'll be quick here because it's pretty easy. Um, the A's are, again, last place. They are on the verge of losing, again, to Boston right now. Um, so I think they're going to start up another streak. Do you think the A's will catch up and or have the record this this season in MLB for losing streak. The streak right now is 12 held by the angels. Do you yeah, think the yeah, A's will catch that? I, I, I could easily see that probably happening a couple of times. <laughs> and you know what? Let me, I don't think we got to talk about this because last week you weren't, you weren't here in the week before. Mm-hmm. I think we missed the week and then, you know, we, we got to meet a baseball player. Uh, we did. The and I don't want to throw shade at the players. There's a, a lot of young guys on this team that are figuring out where they belong in MLB and on a roster. And, and these, these guys are really good at what they do. Like, I can't do – I can't – you know, I heard a quote <laughs> one time from Tom Tolbert where somebody called into the radio program and said, Tom Tolbert, you sucked. And Tom Tolbert goes, what professional sport did you suck at? You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> so just to be in the pros, you're better than 99% of anybody who attempted to get in because most people don't even get it to AAA and, and, and MLB. So I'm, I don't want to be disrespectful to the players. I respect the players. I respect their craft. I respect everything that they do. But – 
it's not a very good team. And yeah. it's not a very good team for a number of reasons. And, you know, here we go. This horse, this poor horse has been dead and we're beating it again. And ownership doesn't give a crap about winning. The front office doesn't give a crap about winning because of this real estate deal. And it's mixed emotions. It's like, we want them here, but there's no guarantee that if they build the stadium, that all of a sudden they're going to be a top five in payroll. And there's no guarantee that you're top five in payroll and you're going to be winning or you're going to be a world series contender. How many, if you go by that standard, the Yankees should win every single world series or be in the world series or be in an ALCS every single year because they pay the, they pay the most money. They're really good right now, but they, they, there's quite a few years where they were still the number one, number two, number three payroll. And they, they yeah. were not good. They were struggling. So just because you have Billy Bean and you have historically comp- competitive franchises, it doesn't guarantee success. That's right. why you, you have to win when you have the roster and circling back to this baseball player that we met, we said, we said, I said this. I thought you guys were an ace pitcher away. Mm-hmm. You were one player away. I, I truly believe that out of all the teams that the A's have put together, this last version of the Chapman, the Olsen, you know, this squad, uh, the Manaya, all of this, the Luriano. I know he's still here, but I really felt you were a player away. You were really a, a, an ace away. And as ace fans, we love Sean Manaya. We loved Mike Fires when he was here. There's a lot of players that we loved, but we knew, come on, as ace fans, we knew with all due respect to Sean Manaya and Mike Fires and all these other guys, Liam Hendricks, who got crushed in that White Sox game. Yeah, what a put, weird. He was put in a, a weird very scenario. bad position. He he should never. That's the year that that year it probably should have been Sean Manaya. And then the second year, Manaya got the start and got lit up. It probably should have been Mike Fires. You know, so and then the year Mike Fires got it, it probably should have been um uh Chris Bassett. You, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. It's just yeah. like mismanagement let's go with the stats like sometimes you got to go with your gut sometimes you got to look yourself in the mirror and just go all in yeah. and this last version of the a's had the opportunity to really go deep and the front office and the ownership failed them and this player confirmed that yeah. they confirmed that and so we know what the problems are there's a big vote coming up about, you know, are they going to get this site here in Oakland? And it's kind of mixed. It's like, I want them here, but at the same time, are they going to pay? Are they, when does, are they not, are we still going to see this nickel and dime baseball team until the bit, the stadium starts? So are we going to go three, four more years of watching minor yeah. leaguers and yes then you, you know what i'm saying it's like yeah i mean that's the biggest five thing years of crap but that's the biggest thing though it's like even if they get the stadium 
they're going to raise the ticket prices, right? Because you're going to have to pay for Well, they your... already raised the ticket prices for this Ex- dump. Exactly. And that's another theory that I have, too, that they're raising on the dump to prove that nobody, there's no fans showing up, right? But that's a whole other theory that I can jump down. But anyways, the, the point being is that they're going to raise the prices, but they're not going to provide a reason to go to the game. So just because he gets his stadium he's going to do the same thing just with a brand new stadium. He's still going to make revenue off of being the lowest payroll in baseball. Mm -hmm. And you're going to watch it in a brand new stadium. It's just going to be a shiny turd. That's what it's going to be. Right. You're still going to have a a front office and ownership group that doesn't prioritize winning. They're prioritizing a real estate deal. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I'm conflicted. I live in, we both live in the city of Oakland. We both grew up going to these games. Like I was a season pass holder for a few years. Vince, who, you know, was on the show, was a season pass holder for years. His, his, himself, his dad, his grandfather were season ticket holders for like 30 years. Uh. And you chased away your fans that were still paying. Yeah. You couldn't you couldn't even grandfather the people that were there for you for 30 plus years. Yeah. Raise the prices on them. Like <sighs> clearly you just don't want people there. Yeah, I mean at this point what's worse is is the Angel Stadium drama and their and their ownership of, you know, people handing money on, Here's on the back what I'm, end. I'm, gl- I'm so glad you brought this up. So there's talk that um Long Beach has approached yeah. the angels to move over there and it's right next to the water. It's right next to like this whole situation that Oakland is going through. And, but here's what I'm like, if that works out, cool. I kind of like the sound of the long beach angels. I kind of like that. I'm not an angels fan. They suck. They, 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 they Scott Spezio, you're dead to me. <laughs> He's an <laughs> Oakland A and then he wins the world series after that. No. Um, I'm kind of, you know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping Artie Moreno calls Las Vegas and is like, I got more money ready to go. I hope the angels actually get involved in the Las Vegas talk. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm like, who has the bigger balls that wants to go to Vegas? You know, because (laughs) now, you know, uh, with all due respect to Mark Davis of the Raiders, like we, we, we thought that deal was dead. When oh, the Raiders yeah. were getting ready to go to Vegas. Remember, oh, was it uh, Sheldon Alderson? Alderson the, mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm mispronouncing that name. But he was the, the guy that got Mark Davis the money. And he was the one that backed the, the, uh, the tax, the $1 tax per hotel room to help finance the stadium. He like helped Mark Davis do all that. And then something happened, and he, he dipped. And everybody thought Mark Davis was done. Yeah. Mark Davis still got it done. He got the stadium. He just paid Derek Carr. He got Devontae Adams. He just bought the Las Vegas Aces. Um, Like Mark Davis is like doing his thing. I, I would love to see Artie Moreno go after Las Vegas. And then how, how is, Cavill and Fisher and the whole A's organization going to handle that. You know, I would just, I like it a little I would spicy. Love it. I would love yeah. it. 
That, that would be great because then, 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 then the city of Oakland is going to come back with leverage back onto the A's mm-hmm. and be like, so where are you going to go? <laughs> you can't go anywhere. Um, speaking of going somewhere, I was completely shocked that the Angels fired Joe Madden. It was completely out of left field. I, I, I mean, like a 12-game losing streak and you're in second place? Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I know. I but... feel like that's, that's too quick on the pulse there, in my opinion. You know what the funny thing that came out, too, was that um, I think Joe Madden, he was trying to get his team out of a funk. So he told his team that he was going to shave his hair into a mohawk, mm-hmm. and he did. And then he got fired that day, so he, the team never saw his haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why Artie Marino fired him. He's like, yeah, I probably. Like, I don't like Mohawks. <laughs> no Mohawks. Um, so, so now there's a report that, you know, this is more or less a hot take than it is a report at this point. So we can speculate whatever we want. Uh, but Otani may be out coming this offseason. I think um, realizing that the Angels are just not as invested to winning at all as, say, like maybe the Astros or, you know, the Yankees or Mets or things of that nature. So there's a lot of talks that, Otani is upset that they fired Joe Madden. This team doesn't seem to have a sense of direction. He doesn't think that he fits into this organization anymore at this point. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's true? You think that's just hogwash at this point? I wouldn't like he's be gonna surprised. Be I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if I'm him or Mike Trout or Rendon, well, Mike Trout's locked in. Like, I just because they got contracts. I mean, if Mike Trout said trade me now, like. You know, he, he if he wants to get out, he could get out. Um, you know, if, if players, I don't care if it's MLB, NFL, NBA, if a player doesn't want to be there, they're going to get out. There's too much money. Um, the agents have too much. There's too much lawyer and there's too much crap going on in the background. And MLB is, if Mike Trout was like, I don't want to play for the Angels anymore, I'm going to retire. MOBs would be like, no, 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 no. You know, so if I'm if I'm Shohei Otani, I want out. Yeah. Because for whatever, and again, the angels have spent money. It money doesn't necessarily always spent their money. They spent their money in the wrong directions, though, in my opinion. Right. So like Trout, obviously you had to spend that money. There's no way you're going to let Trout walk and go to like possibly the Phillies, right, where he's from. Um, but I just feel like they never really established a pitching coach. They never really established a pitching core. I mean, they went out and invested and got Thor and, you know, all these great pitchers. But I mean, all these guys are pretty much past their primes or injury prone. And it's, it's just they spent their money in the wrong direction, I think, in my opinion. Breaking news. Remember uh, Ken Maka, A's mm-hmm. manager? He, he was in an interview one time, and he said, guys with, a, with the label injury prone have the label because they're always injured. <laughs> Breaking news. Um, so that's true. I mean, they, they went and signed a whole bunch of guys that were, yeah, when healthy are incredible. Um, but that's so far and few between and Um, it really sucks as a baseball fan to see somebody like Shohei Otani and, uh, Mike Trout just kind of 
be wasted. Just be wasted. I mean, I don't know how many times have the Angels been in the playoffs once. I don't think Mike Trout's ever been in the playoffs. So I, I don't think he's ever I, I been. Don't know, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever been to the playoffs. I thought it was. Yeah, once. he's no, he's he's never been to the playoffs. Yeah. And obviously, Otani's never been either for obvious so, reasons. But if I'm if I'm Otani, I mean, if you could get to a New York city, um, I mean, goddamn, he would be the biggest mega super duper star in MLB. I mean, he's yeah throwing a hundred miles an hour and hitting a hundred mile an hour dingers. You know, <laughs> I you know who I see who's probably gonna sell the farm to get him. Seeing as how contracts are are stalling, and I think they could move some pieces. I, honestly, Boston, I can see Boston moving some pieces, getting rid of of Trevor Story because he hasn't panned out very well. They got some pitchers that they can move on That's from. A surprising, I thought he would have raked over there. Yeah, I think so. I I thought so too. I mean, especially with the short porch, I thought he would have yeah. killed. I, I don't know if he's just I I you know I don't, it's not like I watch Red Sox all day and night so I I just thought he would have been raking I don't know if he's just pressing or mentally just I don't know what's going on but man I thought he was going to be a you know <laughs> the MVP candidate with the numbers that he could potentially put up over there so I that's crazy to me that he's yeah that terrible the Giants dodged a bullet on that one right um I don't have anything else for you for the night. Um, unless you wanted to add something else here. No, that's it, man. I think that was a hell of an episode. Um, yeah, we're going to be record. Uh, we're going to be watching the game tomorrow and, uh, hopefully we get a win, but if not, we'll get a game seven. <laughs> As Vince would say, follow us on our social medias, SVT sports pod on Instagram or Twitter slide into our DMS and any questions, please send us an email to SVT sports pod at Gmail. You have a good night, man. Have a good night, dude. Do better. Uh, Later.